Welcome back, college football fans, to another episode of the Why Not Us College Football Edition. My name is Adam Glick. I'm joined today, as always, by Michael Gresser. And Mike, it is officially championship weekend. It is upon us. It is Christmas Day. It is Hanukkah all eight days at once this Saturday and a little prenup with Christmas Eve and day one of Hanukkah with Friday night, two championship games. We're going to get break down all of it. But Mike, first, how are you doing? How amazing was rivalry Saturday last weekend? Uh, it was absolutely incredible. Adam. I mean, last Saturday was quite possibly the best Saturday of the year for me, at least. Uh, so much great college football from the start of the day to finish. We had obviously the game, Michigan-Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh finally gets it done in the big house and gets the win against the, his all-time rival, Ohio State. So kudos to Jim Harbaugh and that team. I'm very happy for Michigan fans. That was a lot of fun to watch. Then we got, then we had um, the Iron Bowl, which no one saw coming. Auburn was a 20 and a half point dog and was, was in position to win the game and should have won the game. Had that, had the running back tank Bigsby not stepped out of bounds, they would have won that game. But Alabama with like 40 seconds left puts on a game winning or sorry, game time drive to put it to overtime. And you knew once that game went to overtime, that, Auburn had no chance, especially with how um, uh, Finley was injured. Couldn't even walk on the field when he when he was trotting out there. So it sucks to see Alabama win that game, but that was still such an incredible game. And then, then we had Bedlam, obviously. That was a fascinating game. I mean, I knew that that game was going to be a ton of fun, high scoring. And uh, great that OU, our rival, is not going to be in the Big 12 title game for the first time. It feels like forever, and they will not have a chance to win the Big 12 title for the first time in forever. It's going to be either Baylor or Oklahoma State. So, lot, lot to look over last week. Been very overwhelmed with college football news since last week with the coaching carousel. Obviously, monster hires left and right, and it's still not over. But it is championship weekend. I cannot be more excited. Let's ready to talk some college football. Yes, Mike and I share that excitement and enjoyment with you. Obviously, we could have our own separate podcast with the coaching carousel yeah. in this sport right now. But we're going to focus on championship Saturday. Obviously, Selection Sunday is at 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Don't forget to watch that for the CFP. So with that in mind, we're going to break down the CFP, what's good, what it entails, the scenarios that could happen this Saturday, obviously. We have new blood guaranteed in this year's playoff. We could have two. We could have one. But we also could have three new teams in the CFP in Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, and Michigan. All three could easily, with wins, make the CFP. But let's break it down with the rankings we have going into this week, Mike. We start with number one, Georgia. Obviously, they're a shoe and lock. Mm -hmm. But they play Alabama in the SEC championship. And obviously, they don't want to give Alabama any hope of making the CFP mm-hmm. and lock up that number one seat. So hopefully they can play either an Oklahoma State team or a Cincinnati team. They don't want to play, obviously, Alabama again or a Michigan in the first round of the semifinals. So, Mike, let's preview this game a little bit. Georgia-Alabama, six-and-a-half-point spread. What are kind of the keys coming into this game? What are your takeaways and who do you like? Yeah, I mean, this sets up just an absolutely incredible match. I mean, first off, this is – the biggest game of Kirby Smart's tenure. He is favored against Alabama. It's never happened. He's never beaten Alabama. So even though they, they know themselves in that locker and that they are a lock to make the playoff, 
Kirby Smart's going to have his boys ready because everyone knows what is still on the line. It would be an absolute monster win if Georgia could get this done. So don't think for a second that they're going to walk through this game knowing that they're going to be in the playoff either way. They're going to be prepared. It's Alabama. You're always ready to play Alabama, especially Kirby Smart. So in this game, Bama looked pretty lost against Auburn, and it's going to be – it's hard to know how recoup they're going to be. They could have – it's very possible that they are just – beat to death after that game. I mean, they have, they have a lot of injuries currently. Uh, they're starting running back, Brian Robinson. He's not playing in this game. And that's going to hurt them a lot. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball very well at all. And they're going to need to pass the ball. And that's going to be a tough, tough ask against this Georgia defense. Don't expect Georgia to be giving up much in the passing game to Alabama. They know that Alabama is not going to be able to run the ball very well. They're going to be able to keep some guys back in their secondary. And I think they're going to have good success stopping the pass again, as they have had all year. And that's why I think Georgia's going to roll in this game, because if they get up early, I really don't think Alabama has much of a chance because they are going to be forced to throw and they're not going to want to come from behind. If Georgia gets ahead, like they've shown all year, the, the other team has no chance. They're just going to lean on you, run the ball, play good defense and probably come out with the win okay so you like georgia to win and cover the I do, spread i do i'm already on georgia to cover the spread i mean i i really think i don't it's hard for me just like alabama can win this game don't get me wrong if alabama gets that early they have a, they have a chance if georgia gets it early i don't think alabama has a single chance mm-hmm. that that that's what the issue is to me and so i'm banking on the fact that georgia does get ahead early leans on alabama absolutely shuts down their offense and then rolls away with the victory and the cover. Yeah. I really agree with you and like your opinion, but here's the thing, and you mentioned it. Georgia has not played in a close game since week one against Clemson, 10 to three. Other than that game, the smallest margin of victory for them was 17 points against Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Other than that, they've been blowing teams up by 20, 30, even 40 plus. And by the way, a fun stat for you. They played 12 games this year. They gave up. 83 points. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. That is less than a touchdown a game on average through a 12-game season. I've never seen a defense put up those numbers ever in my years of following college football. But the thing with Georgia is, and the thing with a lot of teams we see in not just college football, but with other sports when they're undefeated, like we you can compare it to Gonzaga in basketball. When it gets, if it gets to a close game down the stretch. They haven't really experienced it this year. And that's when the nerves and the pressure start to get to you. And if you follow Georgia football, which obviously if you're a Georgia fan, you have before similar kinds of things have happened, especially Mm -hmm. against Alabama in years past. And they usually do not come to winning the football game. Mm -hmm. They usually fall under the pressure. So I think Georgia is a much better team. I think they should win. I actually think they should cover, but my worry is, this is the SEC championship. Alabama is going to be prepared. If it's close in the fourth quarter, I think Alabama is going to pull it out. No, I mean, you make some, you make some fantastic points, Adam, and, and you're right. And why I think Alabama still has a chance to win this game and why the spread is under a touchdown and why I say they need to get ahead early is because if they do get ahead and stay ahead through three quarters, Georgia's never been in a position where they have to rely on their offense to win a football game. And I am – not so confident that they would be able to do that in the fourth quarter with Stetson Bennett. 
because he's not the he's not a guy that's going to light up the defense, and he's not he's not the kind of guy that Kirby Smart's going to want to rely on to pull off the win in the end. So if that's the case, and Alabama is still ahead in the fourth quarter, they probably will they probably will pull it off. I think I don't I don't know how much I trust Stetson Bennett in that offense to need them to need them to make to win this game. You can rely on the defense, but if if they're down, they're going to have to rely on the offense. Don't know if they can do that. Yeah, and I agree with that. I'm pulling up another fun stat for you, Mike. The over-under in this game is 49 and a half. That is the smallest over-under this year for an Alabama football game because of how good Georgia is on the defensive end. But, so, basically, to wrap it up with this game, Georgia is the number one seed with a win. Mm -hmm. With a loss, they probably fall to two or three. Doesn't really matter because they'll play whoever the other mm-hmm. two or three is. Yeah. And Bama would jump to one with yeah. a win. And if they lose, they're most likely out. We'll get to a scenario where they could still get in with two losses, mm-hmm. and I would shoot myself. But <laughs> that is still a possibility. But let's head down from Georgia to number two, Michigan. We're not talking about Ohio State, folks. They're gone. Mm-hmm. See you later. Thanks for coming. They lost to Michigan for the first time since 2011. Give all the credit to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Haskins went absolutely insane with, I think, five touchdowns against mm-hmm. the Buckeyes. They play Iowa on Saturday. The spread is jumped to 11. It is a big spread here in the Big Ten Championship, and for good reason. Iowa has not looked good, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They have won four games in a row, and they got very fortunate with the Wisconsin losing to Minnesota to get them into the Big Ten Championship. They're 10 and two. Their only losses are to Purdue and Wisconsin, but this offense has looked out of sorts all year. They don't look dominant whatsoever. Michigan, I think is more talented on both sides of the ball. In my opinion, I think they should have no problems, but Mike, Mm -hmm. do you see any chance Michigan could somehow choke their CFP chances because they're with a win they're in with a Mm -hmm. loss, most likely in all scenarios they're out. Yes. Yeah. And you touched on it, Adam. I mean, yeah, Michigan is a big favorite for a reason this game. They are more talented on both sides of the football. The only reason that Iowa is in the spot that they're in in this Big Ten championship game, however, is forcing turnovers. And if they do force enough turnovers in this game, win the turnover margin, yes, they do have a chance. But they are absolutely 100% relying on forcing turnovers in this football game if they want a chance to win. And if they don't, if they lose the turnover margin, Michigan's going to roll. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, Iowa's offense is really bad if you've watched them play football. Their defense is good. I don't think Michigan is going to have a very hard time yeah. keeping up with their offense, though. So I don't and think we've gonna... seen this kind of before with Ohio State yeah. playing like a Northwestern in years past, where uh-huh. they keep it close because of the turnover right. game and right. the defense. Right. So, oh yeah. 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 No doubt. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Just wanted to point. No, that no, out. no. You make you make a great you make a great point about that. And, yeah, this, this game could be close. If, again, if Iowa wants any chance to win, they're going to have to force turnovers. They're going to have to get the ball in the red zone when it's not their offense doing it, it's their defense. Um, and I don't know if, how well you can predict that. No one's been able to predict it with Iowa, but they, they keep doing it every week, it seems like. Um, so we'll see. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they get enough to pull it off. I don't think they will, though. Um, I think Michigan, even if – even if Cade McNamara throws a couple picks, uh, I still think they're going to have a great shot in the end to, to pull it off. And subsequently, 
I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be Michigan's offense that's going to win this game for them. I think it's going to be their defense that's going to win it for them. I mean, that defensive line is – I mean, yes, Georgia is the best de defensive line in the country, but Michigan is a close second. I mean, you got guys, um, Aiden Hutchinson, who quite possibly could be the number one overall pick. He had three sacks last Saturday. Um, David uh, Ajobu, they're, so both their edge rushers, both are going to be first-round picks, possibly top 15 picks. Um, they're going to take over this game, I, I fully believe. I think they're going to absolutely demolish Iowa's offensive line, and I think that's going to be the main reason why they pull ahead with the victory. Do you think Michigan covers the spread as well? I'm not going to bet this game. I don't really have a great feel about it yeah. either way. If, you had to pick. if I had to pick, I would pick Michigan, Michigan to cover. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I like that as well. I think Michigan wins and covers. I think they win by two touchdowns mm -hmm. would be my prediction. Uh, by a score of like 28-14, kind mm -hmm. of low scoring there. I think Michigan will run away with it. However, as you mentioned, if they turn the ball over, they give Iowa short fields. That's when the game could get interesting and they could ruin their playoff hopes. Yeah. But simple, Michigan, not a lot of like crazy hypotheticals here. You win, you're the two seed in mm -hmm. all likelihood. Yeah. If you lose, you're 99.9% .9 out of the playoffs. Yeah. So we head to three, and that's Alabama, and we're going to touch on Alabama with the two-loss scenario when we get to six at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. But we mentioned Alabama, you beat Georgia, you're the number one seed. You lose, you're probably done. Mm -hmm. Now let's get to four Cincinnati. Cincinnati is an interesting case because they are a group of five. They are the first ever group of five to even be in the fourth position. Mm -hmm. If they win, Mike and I have had a lot of discussions about this. <laughs> They're in all likelihood should be in. Mm -hmm. However, it's not a guarantee. It is likely, but not a guarantee. They play Houston. This is going to be a really good game. Quick, some quick things about Houston. They're number 21 in the country now. They're a 10 and a half point underdog coming in this game. They have not lost since week one on September 4th to Texas Tech. They went undefeated in the American Athletic Conference, beating SMU, really good win. They also beat Memphis. They beat Tulane. They beat Tulsa. And they score a ton of points. They have dropped 30-plus since late September against Navy. Mm -hmm. They have scored 30 or more points since then. It is pretty special. They have also scored 40-plus four, or actually five different games this year. So their offense is great. Their quarterback is great. I don't think their defense is that good is the thing mm -hmm. with this Houston team. Their quarterback, Clayton Toon, 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions. But for Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, the senior quarterback, this is his chance to make sure they have a good chance to get into the playoff. They have finally had the opportunity as a group of five to do the impossible mm -hmm. and make the playoff is really special. This game, though, Mike, I have a feeling it's going to be really close and it's not going to be easy for Cincinnati. Houston's a very good team, but what do you like going into this game? And give the other hypothetical, if you can, of Cincinnati missing, even mm -hmm. if they won this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you touched on that. I mean, Cincinnati has to be terrified right now. Yeah. Obviously, if, they're, if they win, they're going to be in a good position, but Houston could absolutely spoil Cincinnati's playoff hopes. And Yes, the spread is the same as the Michigan-Iowa game, but I, I would actually feel more confident Houston pulling off this victory than I would Iowa over Michigan because of how good Houston's offense is. They have been perfect since week one in that loss to Texas Tech. So, yeah, I would be, I would be damn scared if I was Cincinnati. 
Um, and I, I agree with you. I do think this game's going to be close. I think it's going to be close for four quarters. I'm going to still pick Cincinnati to win the ball game, but if I were to bet this game, I would pick Houston 10 and a half um, because I think this, I mean, this is going to be a game that could be trading points. Who knows? Um, I do like Cincinnati's defense a lot better than Houston, though. Um, and for that reason, I think they should still prevail in the end and get a lot of points on Houston's defense. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Cincinnati. I think Desmond Ritter gets it done and has an opportunity to make history on a Tuesday, the selection show. Or, no, so Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sorry, yeah. my bad, my bad. Sunday, win this game, have an opportunity to make history on Sunday. Yeah, it would be history indeed. Also, a fact that you need to know that not everyone knows if you're not a diehard college football fan. This game is not played at a neutral site like some of the big conferences. This is at Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. So it is a home game for the Bearcats, which is huge. They is, got, that, is that their home stadium? Yeah, no? that okay. is their home stadium. Yeah, so they get the home field. That is huge. Yeah, even though both teams went undefeated, they give it to the highest-ranked team in a tiebreaker scenario if they haven't played each other in the regular season. So that was the case here. Mm. So they get home home field, which is huge in this game. Yeah. This game was in Houston. I would feel even more nerve-wracking for Cincinnati. But, let, okay, now we talk about Cincinnati's scenario, mm-hmm. which is a little interesting. If they win, I would give them a 90 to 95% chance of making the playoff. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair yep. to say. However... If they win a close game, maybe by a field goal, then it gets a little interesting yeah. around the country with if Bama wins. Yeah, and Oklahoma State wins. Oklahoma State wins, and assuming Michigan wins as well. Yes. Then there could be some doubt on if Oklahoma State could make that jump yes. to Cincinnati. That yeah. is, I think if Cincinnati beats Houston by double digits, they are 100% Totally agree. Totally. But if they win by single digits and Oklahoma State goes to Baylor, which we're about to talk about, and they kill them in the Big 12 championship in Dallas, then I think it gets interesting because Oklahoma State would have two wins back-to-back weeks Mm -hmm. against top 10 teams. And it's hard to leave them out of the playoffs. No, and that's the the exact scenario there. You just touched on it. This is a close matchup to Houston, and it's not a game that Cincinnati runs away with, and Oklahoma State does absolutely – um, blowout Baylor, you could see the playoff having OK State jump Cincy, which would be a, a nightmare for Cincinnati. But, and I do know a lot of people, a lot of people that I trust that would prefer OK State to be in the playoff in that scenario because, yes, they'd have the win over o- OU, they would have the win over Baylor, and they did beat Baylor earlier in the season as well. So that would be three top 10 wins on their schedule based on the current rankings. So, um, or actually, oh, you dropped out of the top 10, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, so. Uh, three but they top... still value as a top 10 one yeah, because yeah. of when they played. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, in that scenario, it is, it is possible to see Cincinnati missing out, and that would be very disappointing. Um, but if they, I agree with you, Adam, if they do win, it does, I guess, depend on how they win and how the yeah. state plays, but I would feel confident. Uh, yeah. seeing Cincinnati in the top four on Sunday. Yeah, and we talk the word that comes to mind when you talk about group of five in their playoff scenario and their ranking and trying to prove the committee is style points, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to have to show that a little bit on Saturday, even though Houston's a very good team. But at the same time, Houston's a ranked team. Yeah. You go out and beat them no, by double big. digits, the committee's yeah. going to notice that. Yeah. So yeah. I think if Cincinnati can do that, they will be in. 
I am a little nervous this game's going to be close, and I have a feeling Oklahoma State, which we're going to get to, might win as well. I mean, they're favored too. And then it's going to be very nerve-wracking on mm-hmm. Sunday for selection Sunday. But Cincinnati, give them credit. They have done the impossible, even make it to this position. Mm-hmm. Pretty special. That yeah. win in Notre Dame, what a win it was. Thank God they played them in early October. But last I'll, thing on this, yeah. There's one thing I want to touch down. The only time in the history of the CFP that a team in the top four that has won their last game and got left out Mm -hmm. was TCU because they didn't have a conference title game. And we know that the committee heavily values conference title games. So in fact, in 2014, the first year of the playoff, TCU who won their last game, but it was a, it was a regular season game and still got left out, even though they were in the top four, because I believe it was Ohio state. Yeah. Jumped them in the big, in the big 10 championship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if Cincinnati wins a close game against Houston and Oklahoma State wins and they still get in at the end of the day over Oklahoma State, they should send a big check to Houston University for <laughs> having this seat. They were 0-1. They went, they've won 11 straight games and they yeah. got into the rankings for this week. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. Say they weren't ranked and they were, you know, 9-3 and even. Yeah. And you had a close win against them on Saturday. Yeah, that one looked very good. Would not look very good. So yeah. – Give credit to Houston, and obviously the other thing, though, the last thing I want to touch on with Cincy, which is not related to the playoff, is if they somehow lost this game, which is possible, it becomes a little debate. They should still probably get the nod, but BYU and Cincinnati would be very close for that New Year's Six spot. BYU has actually looked really good. They have won 10 games this year. I think they're sitting at 12 right now in the rankings, Mm -hmm. if I believe, and if you lose to Houston at home as a 10.5-point favorite, easily could see them dropping behind BYU. I don't think they will, but something to monitor for Cincinnati. Obviously, they're looking for the playoff. Hopefully, they accomplish that. When we do the show next week, we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. But we talked about the top four now, currently. Now the team that has the best chance outside of the top four to get in. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State, they play Baylor in Dallas at Jerry Jones World, whatever it's called. This is going to be a fabulous game. Oklahoma State, as you mentioned earlier, the Bedlam game was, you know, its name lived up to the billing. It was absolute Bedlam, mm-hmm. back and forth. So many turnovers, penalties. <laughs> crazy. Special pe- teams. Special too. teams fumbling yeah. punts yeah. left and right. I, Mike and I were watching this game, especially in the second half. We were like, what, what is, is going yeah, on? What is happening? <laughs> and it just, every time you thought, oh, my God, Oklahoma State's done or OU's done, yeah. it would flip a yeah. turnover or something, and yeah. it was back and forth. Amazing game. Oklahoma State wins 37-33. They have one loss on their schedule this year, and that's the Iowa State loss in October 23rd, 24-21, a heartbreaking loss mm-hmm. against the Cyclones. But they have been incredible. If you told me back in August, if Oklahoma State – and if you're telling me Oklahoma State and Baylor would be playing for the Big 12 championship, I would be like, that is not happening. I will bet you so much money those two teams will not be in the championship. But here we are. They are. That's – what makes this year Renaissance season credit Josh Bates <laughs> um, makes this season so special, similar to 2007. Anyway, back to the game. Baylor is also 10 and two mm-hmm. and we're not gonna, I mean, there's been some like chaotic talk where Baylor, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny chance of them making the playoff. If they <laughs> there, somehow want there is a tiny chance. Yeah. There's a chance. There's yeah. <laughs> I think they were talking about it actually on the selection yeah. show last week, but most likely no. Anyway, 
they've looked pretty good, especially beating Oklahoma at home 27-14. They didn't look good last week, though, against Tech. Yeah, well, um, a lot of that had to do – their uh, backup quarterback is was out that game, and he is still out this game, I believe. I believe that that I believe that to be the case. Um, okay, that yeah. they're starting. Sorry, yeah, they're, they're, they're back at quarterback is, is starting. Yeah. yeah. So, Mike, do you like Oklahoma State in this spot? And if they win, do you what chances would you give them on making the playoff with? A well, win? I mean, Oklahoma State's playoff chances they're guaranteed to get in if they win this game and Georgia wins. Yeah. And Cincinnati and Oklahoma State would both be guaranteed to get in if, that's if, the they, if they win and Georgia wins. They're obviously. huge Georgia fans. Yeah, massive, ma- especially Oklahoma State, yeah. especially, especially the Cowboys. So that's what they're, that's what they're hoping for. And, yeah, um, I think they're in, a, uh, they're, in a, they're in a fantastic spot. I mean, I do like them in this game. So I think they've been one of the hottest teams in the country. Um, mostly because of their defense. Their defense didn't actually look that great against OU, but and they relied on uh, a lot of craziness and a, a lot on their offense too. And we were able to get the victory in the end. Um, and I still have a lot of questions about that offense. However, I think their, their defense is good enough to get it done against Baylor. Um, Baylor has looked very good. And even with the backup quarterback, I still, I still love what they have around the team. They have one of the best offensive lines, maybe the best offensive line in the country right now. Um, and it's not at all out of the question to win when you have an incredible offensive line with your back quarterback. And they have a great defense as well. And uh, they uh, should have an okay task um, stopping OK State's offense. But I think OK State's defense is still what's going to win them this ball game. I think they're going to have a couple turnovers there go their way as well. So I'm going to pick OK State, OK State to win this game. And like I already picked Georgia to, to beat Alabama, I'm going to send OK State to the playoff. But I am going to pick Baylor to cover. So I think it's going to be incredibly co- close in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think the p- thing that puts Oklahoma State over the edge is their running attack mm-hmm. on the offensive side. Spencer Sanders had 93 yards on the ground last week against Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah. And obviously – Jalen Warren's had an incredible season yeah, he has, this year. They are a great team against the run. We saw yeah. we saw that against Texas <laughs> yeah. too. Ran for over 200 yards and yeah. their defense, obviously. I think they're the better team. They're, I don't know, better coached, but they're more talented, I think, on both sides of the ball. Baylor is probably a B version of Oklahoma State, and I think that will show on Saturday. I do like Baylor to cover. I agree with Mike. It's going to be a one-score game, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's going to be close throughout, and Oklahoma State will win. And honestly, I would probably put them in the playoff because I think Georgia will win out at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about it. Yeah, I really wish the uh, SEC title was before this game so we yeah. would absolutely know what the scenario yeah. is going to look like for Oklahoma State. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not. We're going to have to watch this game and then see what OK State's fate is yeah. at uh, – later in the later in the day yeah it's gonna be an incredible day i think the college football people and the tv networks that plan the times of these games <laughs> as well they did this on purpose i mean not, i guess not on purpose because these times are always set even before the year honestly the big 12 is always at 11 a.m mm-hmm. central time and the sec is always in the afternoon right but i think it makes for great drama as college football fans throughout the day so you're locked in yeah. from no doubt. You, okay. have, you have to watch every game. Have to watch every game. Doesn't matter if it's a power conference or not. Doesn't matter if it's the men. 
It doesn't matter the macro. We'll get to the macro. Don't yeah. worry. Game picks coming up. Don't worry. Anyway, so we start. We had the, the five. Those are the five with realistic and likely chances to make the playoff. Mm-hmm. Now we get to the fun part where if madness happens, which a lot of madness has happened this year. So of all years, if it was going to happen, it was going to, ha- it's going to happen on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We get to six. Mm-hmm. We start with Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They are a one loss team, not in a conference. They are the only team with somewhat realistic CFP chances, not playing this week. Mm-hmm. Somewhat realistic. I think I would give them a 10 to 15% as of right now. Probably right. They obviously their only loss is to Cincinnati. So here's the number one scenario. I think Notre Dame gets in. Georgia wins. Cincinnati loses. Mm. I think Notre Dame would have a very good chance. If you include Oklahoma State losing, then I think they would have a great chance. I think they would probably be. I think that scenario is they they're in. If Oklahoma State, Alabama, and Cincinnati all lose. Oh no, there's no doubt that they would be yeah. in it if uh, if two those, of those teams uh, lose. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no doubt if, if Cincinnati and Oklahoma State lost, and uh, so let's say assume. But if Alabama was one of the teams yeah. with a Cincinnati or OK State, then it gets interesting. That's, that does get interesting, and in that yeah. scenario, it's gonna go either way because yeah. because. The reason why a two-loss Alabama still has a chance over a one-loss Notre Dame is it is the SEC title. We know how much the committee values teams being in t- title games, but it's also because it's Georgia, and Georgia is the number one team in the country. So if Alabama is able to hang with them for four quarters and keep it a close game in the end, despite and losing, there is a scenario where the committee leaves out Notre Dame and keeps in a two-loss Alabama in that fourth spot, Yeah, um, assuming that um, – Assuming that uh, Michigan and um, who else? Assuming that like yeah. Assuming that um, let's uh, so who who all right, so let's, let's assume let's assume Baylor wins right. Yeah. Baylor beats Oklahoma State, but Cincinnati wins. Uh, and Baylor loses. Yeah. So let's assume let's assume Baylor wins. So Oklahoma State's gone, and Cincinnati wins. So they're in. Yeah, they're in, and Michigan wins. But Alabama loses a close one yeah. to Georgia. So that last spot is between a two-loss Bama and a one-loss one Notre Dame. That's not in the conference. It's not yeah. in the conference. doesn't play a conference title game. There I think is, you flip a coin. It, it, it is probably a coin flip at that point. And I can totally see the, the, the committee putting in Alabama because it is yeah. against Georgia, the number one team in the country. Obviously, I, I do think, though, if – so if any of the other teams lose, let's say let's say uh, let's say Baylor wins, but Michigan and Cincinnati win also, but Georgia blows out Alabama, like it's not even close. Then I think Notre Dame would have a really good shot at at being in, um, and I think that is probably the most likely scenario that they do For get them. in. Yeah. I think most likely scenario is Baylor wins. Um, I'm gonna pick Cincinnati, Michigan to win. And then Georgia blows out Alabama and gives Notre Dame a a spot. Yeah, Yeah. which is somewhat, it could easily happen. I think with Notre Dame in regards to Alabama with a loss, if Alabama is loses by a less than double digits, I think Notre Dame was going to get left out at the end of the day, in my opinion. Yeah. If they lose by double digits or more, and you talked about 
I mean, that's really, and, and obviously Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. I think they're in. Yeah, and, and obviously as well, if Cincinnati or Michigan were to lose right, as right. well, but if, if if two of Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Cincinnati lose, they're, yeah, they're guaranteed to get in. I think yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. They obviously they need upsets to happen, yeah. but they have the most realistic chance other than Oklahoma State that's not currently in the top four. Right now, before we move on here in the segment for the CFP. I think it's safe to say Ohio State, Old Miss at seven and eight are done, done. because yeah. they're not playing this weekend in, this, exactly. in a conference championship. Yeah. Then it leaves us with one team with a very, very tiny chance, mm-hmm. a two-loss Baylor. Yeah. Obviously, they would have to win against Oklahoma State. Georgia would have to beat Alabama. Michigan has to lose to Iowa. Cincinnati has to lose to Houston. Right. And yeah. Yeah, and Baylor beats Oklahoma State. So, mm-hmm. basically, of the four games we previewed, other than the Georgia game, the other three, the underdogs all have to win. Yeah. And in that case, you would have Georgia in one, Notre Dame in at two, right. most likely. Yeah. And then you would have a bunch of teams with trying to get three and four figured out. Mm-hmm. And I think in that scenario – I would put Bama at three, reluctantly. Yeah. And then I would honestly put Baylor in at four if all those things happen. What about this, Adam? Let's say, yeah. let's say Georgia blows out Alabama. What if Baylor and Oregon win? Oregon. Yeah, we have not <laughs> talked about Oregon. Yes. Because I have I have <laughs> listened to people who have discussed this. Okay, yes. I like that you brought up Oregon. Oregon. Oregon yeah, yeah. Sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I agree with that. If Georgia blows out Alabama. And all those crazy upsets happen, and you know, Baylor wins obviously. Mm. And I think, yeah, Baylor at three, Oregon at four, yeah. or you could flip flop. It doesn't matter. But yeah. I think those that would be. I would do. <laughs> I'll say it on the pod right now. If Baylor and Oregon make the college football playoff, even just one of them, I don't even. <laughs> even one of them, honestly, I will take Mike. <laughs> to a steakhouse dinner oh, on me. Wow. I, if both of them make it, we'll... <laughs> can that happen, please? <laughs> yeah. Oh you God. heard it here on the podcast. If that ha- both those teams make it yeah. in the CFP, that's happening. Anyway. But, but you're right, Adam. Yeah. Th- those two teams actually do have a better chance at making it. Because they're the playing this week. Exactly. Ole Miss and Ohio State don't have a single chance. Baylor and Oregon would, yeah. would jump them. Yeah. So that is all the possible scenarios. Obviously... If all the favorites went out, we're going to have a Georgia. We're going to have a if, Michigan. If all the favorites went out, it's a very perfect-looking scenario. You know that you know, you're know you guaranteed to know the four teams they're going to get in. It's, if, all, if all four teams went out, you're guaranteed three teams and a likely four. We, we talked about Oklahoma State if Cincinnati wins a close game. No, no, no. Well, if, if all the favorites win, so that's if Georgia wins as well. So that, that would knock out Alabama. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. correct. Yes, yeah. so we do know, yeah. yeah. If all favorites win – then we have our four. Yeah, no doubt. And honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to that because there would be three new faces in there right. with Oklahoma State and Cincinnati, which I think is very unique and yeah. very cool, all making the playoffs. And Georgia's still a new face, too. you got to remember yeah. this. They, they've only made the college football playoff once. They haven't won a national championship in over 40 years. So at that they point... They would be the overwhelming favorite, yeah. but there would be a lot of pressure on them to finish the job, especially yeah. with the field given to them. No doubt. And yeah, so if those four teams make it, the, the combined 
previous playoff spots among those four teams is just one. And I still consider Georgia new blood as well because they haven't yeah. won a national title in a long, long time. And at that point, if those four teams are, I don't care who wins the national title because whoever is winning that title is going to be, it's going to be the first one yeah. in either forever or the first one that they've ever had because Cincinnati's never won a title. Uh, I would have to look back. I'm not sure if OK State has it. They has. It was a long, mm-hmm. long time ago. Yeah. So we have all that. It's going to be a lot of fun, obviously, for the CFP and all these teams playing for it. But now, Mike, let's get to the game picks. Mm-hmm. We have conference championships, not just the ones we've talked about in preview. Mm-hmm. We got some mid majors, and they're honestly, if you're a college football fan, a diehard like we are, they're fun. They're oh, yeah. good games. These teams are good. Obviously, they're not CFP good, but they're going to be a lot of fun. And we start that tonight, Friday night. We got two games. We're going to pick all of them, but Western Kentucky UTSA conference USA championship. Sign me up. This game is in San Antonio. Mike, I think we should drive there. It's an oh, hour drive. It's in San Antonio. I didn't even know that. We should have gone. It's at <laughs> 6 PM. It is 4:52. If we get done with this podcast, just after five, we take a quick drive to San Antonio. We go to the we game. Can make it. <laughs> can make it. UTSA Roadrunners and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Western Kentucky, 84. They're riding a very hot winning streak. UTSA, obviously, their perfect season came to a sad ending last week against North Texas in the season finale, 45-23 against the Mean Green. But Western Kentucky lost to this UTSA team back at October 9th, 52-46 in an absolute thrilling game. But they have this quarterback named Bailey Zappi, transfer from Houston Baptist. And if you don't remember this, Bailey Zappi almost led his Houston Baptist FCS program last year to beating Texas Tech on opening night. They lost 35-33. He can sling it with the best of them. 52 touchdowns this year. He could tie or break Joe Burrow's record of 60 touchdowns in the college football season if he can throw for at least eight in the last two games. That means four maybe in this game, four in the bowl game. Mm -hmm. It would be pretty special. Anyway, they are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite Western Kentucky. Don't mind the record. Western Kentucky, I think, is a better football team. Their offense is explosive, and they've been the hottest team in Conference USA lately. Mm -hmm. Mike, who do you like? Yeah, I mean, you touched on a lot of of great things. West Kentucky is the hottest team in Conference USA and one of the hottest teams in the country at the moment, led by Zappi, as you mentioned. Their offense is absolutely incredible. Going up against a very good UTSA team that has had such a special, special season. They've been a fantastic story. Sadly, it came crashing down last week against North Texas, but they were still a lock for this title game, obviously. And this sets up a fantastic matchup against these two teams that have both had really good seasons despite West Kentucky having some losses earlier on. And they're going to be hungry for this game. They lost against UTSA in early October. They know this game matters. And I'm going to pick them to win. I'm going to pick them to cover. I already have money on this game as is. The line's gone up a lot. It started out at one and a half. It's at three and a half currently. I still like that three and a half. I ended up taking it, taking it at three and a half. I should have taken it earlier in the week, but it just kept going up and up and up. The more it's going to go up <laughs> higher. Um, so I love West Kentucky in this game. I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. Tons of points. This line is the overrunner is currently 73. This, these two offenses just going to be trading points. But I think Western Kentucky is going to get done in the end. Maybe win by at least a touchdown would be my guess. So give me West Kentucky. Can't wait. Only an hour away from this kickoff. I know. Pretty exciting, yeah. honestly. 
Give me the Hilltoppers as well. Give me the points. Give me the over. Give me madness, <laughs> craziness, a lot of points in this game. Also, this game is in San Antonio. UTSA is going to have a lot of fans, something to monitor in this game. The whole UTSA community, I expect to be at this game because they're just a few minutes or miles away from their home stadium in the school. I think it, it's in the... I believe this game in San Antonio is in the Alamo. The Alamo. That is their home stadium. Okay, that is their home stadium, but not their campus. But still, very quick trip for the fans to make. They're going to have a lot of people there. This is going to be a fun game. Cannot wait. CBS Sports Network, 6 p.m. Central, 4 on the West Coast, 7 on the East Coast. And if you, for some reason, live in Mountain Time, it is 5 o'clock there. We go Oregon, Utah, 7 p.m., just an hour later on ABC. As we mentioned, Oregon has a very, very tiny chance. But with a win, could – you know, persuade some people with the CFP. They play Utah. Can they get revenge? Oregon got absolutely lit up to this Utah team 38 to 7 two weeks ago. Mike, is revenge on the horizon for the Ducks? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an absolutely incredible game. And I think revenge is on the horizon. That game against Utah got absolutely out of control very quickly. And Oregon didn't have a shot. And I kind of just I feel like they just got the life sucked out of them uh, late in that second quarter when Utah scored like 14 points in under a minute or something crazy like that, um, based, based uh, just off some wild plays. And Oregon in the second half just looked completely lifeless. But I don't, I don't expect that to be the case today. I think it's going to be an absolutely incredible game. It's going to come down to the wire. And I actually have Oregon winning this football game. I have them pulling off a slight upset, Utah is currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Utah has been a fantastic team. They haven't, they still haven't lost, I believe, since they made the quarterback change, switching to Cameron Rising. We've talked a lot about Utah. They've been red hot since the early of the season once they made that quarterback change to Cameron Rising. So I still love the Utes, but I still think Oregon is the more talented team. They're going to be hungry. This game means a lot to them. Pac-12 championship means a lot to Mario Cristobal, who's currently being persuaded by Miami, but I think he's going to stay in Oregon. That's a whole different conversation. But I'm going to pick Oregon to win still up. So I'm going to have to pull off the upset. I already have money on this game, and I cannot wait for it. I, As we talked about, I mean, yes, they have. There is a very, very slight 1% chance playoff implications riding on this game, but Pac-12 championship still means a lot to both these programs. So you like Oregon? I do like Oregon. Yeah. I, uh, I already have them. Money line on my betting book. So give me the Ducks in a tough matchup here. This is going to be a dogfight to the finish, and I cannot wait for it. I agree, and I am going to agree with you with the Oregon pick. So we're two for two on the same page on Friday night, college football championship weekend. Mm -hmm. We moved to Saturday now. We started at 11 a.m. We head to the best conference in America. That is the MAC. NAC, the Maction. We go to Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. No better place to play this game. Northern Illinois in Kent State. Kent State is in their conference championship with a record of seven and five. <laughs> no other conference in America could pull that off. But here we are, the MAC and Northern Illinois representing the American West in the MAC coming off a. Also, fun fact the MAC. You never know who's going to win on a week-in, week week-out basis. Northern Illinois played Western Michigan at home. They were a favorite in this game. They got killed, but they're still in 
the MAC championship. Pretty special. Mike, who do you like, Northern Illinois or Kent State? Yeah, this is going to be a fun, fun game, man. I mean, I've surprisingly watched a lot of both these teams already this entire regular season. I work during these times when the MAC plays on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I get a chance to watch all these games while I'm working when they're on TV at the bar that I work at. So I actually know a lot about these teams pretty surprisingly. And they have been two very fun teams to watch all season long, especially Northern Illinois. I mean, both these offenses are absolutely ridiculous. There's going to be points traded left and right in this game. Northern Illinois' quarterback has probably my favorite name in college football, Rocky Lombardi. I'm not sure if he has any relation to the Lombardis um, that are in the Hall of Fame and have a trophy named after them. But even if he doesn't, he's still a fantastic quarterback and leads an incredible Husky offense. But I'm super excited for this game. This is going to be points left and right. I don't have money on this game currently. If I were going to put money on this game, and I might, I would pick Northern Illinois money line because this game is a coin flip, in my opinion, as all these matching games are. So give me the Huskies in a absolute shootout. This line, the over-under is currently 74 and a half. Yep, 74 and a half. So there's going to be points, points, points. And I think the Huskies prevail in the end in the slight upset over Kent State. Moving on, we're going to discuss my partner, Adam team, the Mountain West Championship, San Diego State, the Aztecs versus the Utes of Utah State. This is going to be a fun game, a lot riding on. Both these teams have had pretty incredible seasons. San Diego State currently 11 and 1. They've had a pretty interesting season. They're ranked right now, only one loss. But they honestly, their offense still has not looked very good. They have had multiple quarterback changes throughout their season. Um, they started out with one guy, um, and he got benched midway through the season. But now he's back playing this Saturday. Um, let me find you his name. Um, his name is Adam. What's the name of the? Yes. So yes. Thank you for taking the lead. Mike had to do some business. Anyway, we're back. Jordan Brookshire and Brookshire, Lucas Johnson. What, yes. Yes. Brookshire. As I was saying, yeah, he's back. He, he was, uh, wait, Johnson's the one that's playing on Saturday. Correct. Um, yeah, no, Brookshire is playing. playing. Yeah. Okay. He was the starting quarterback. For the Aztecs at the beginning of the season, he got benched for Lucas Johnson. Lucas Johnson started against Boise State the last weekend where they had the win. They were down 16-3 at the half. They bench him. They bring in Brookshire. They went 27-16. Mike, as you mentioned, this is my team. It's a pretty special game against the Aggies of Utah State. They're a six-point favorite. But just so you know, this is what we do on the College Football Why Not Us podcast. There's been some rumors that San Diego State has some big time COVID issues that they're trying to cover up. Oh, their tight end is out as of right now, and possibly more players, including their backup quarterback, Lucas Johnson. Maybe that's why he's being benched for this game. I don't know. Probably because Brookshire led him to victory last week, but he could be out with COVID as well. Mm-hmm. Who knows? More impactful players could be as well. That's why this spread 
is very intriguing to me to take Utah State, even though I am a San Diego State fan. It is a six right now. The game is in Carson, California. San Diego State has the home field advantage. But again, for people that don't know the geography here, Carson is two-hour drive in L.A. traffic to get to the game. There's not going to be a ton of Aztec fans. I have a friend at San Diego State. They're paying, they're asking, pay $5, and they take you on a free bus to Carson this weekend to go to the game. That's awesome. With free tickets. They are trying to get as many people there as humanly possible. Yes, good for them. San Diego State, Utah State. Mike, I'm going to take my Aztecs in a very close game, winning by a field goal. Their defense has been spectacular all year, and it's going to shine once again on Saturday afternoon on Fox at 2 p.m. Central Time. I'm pretty shocked you haven't bet Utah State money line yet. Oh, I've touched it. Don't worry, but I always bet against my team. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you love to bet against your own team, so – but I agree with you. I think it's going to be a, a close game. A lot of defense played. Over-under is not very high. San Diego State has won based solely off of defense. They've had a lot of issues on offense, as we've touched on. I agree with you, Adam. I'm picking the Aztecs in a close one. We move on to another one of my teams, Mike. In the, Yes, your other team. Yeah, I'm my saying. other team. is pretty cool. I have two of three teams playing in championship weekend. <laughs> Obviously, Texas would have been awesome, but here we are, San Diego State and the other team, Appalachian State, the Mountaineers in Boone, North Carolina. I love this group of team. They play Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. They have not lost since week one to this Texas Longhorn team, and here we are in the Sun Belt championship between Two really good teams. This game is going to be a lot of fun, Mike. Mm-hmm. It's a three-point spread, I think, in App State's favor. Another game, like we saw in the Oregon-Utah game, where it's possible revenge mm-hmm. for Appalachian State. They got manhandled 41-13 in October. But again, we see this all the time in college football, where you play a team in early October or September, or even later in conference play, and you get killed or you lose. You come back and beat them the second time. It's yep. hard to beat a team twice when teams are pretty similar in talent, especially in a game like this. That's why I think Appalachian State's going to do this. They've been playing some really good football. They're ten and two. Obviously, they had a heartbreaking loss the second week of the season to Miami. I know Miami's not good, but it's not easy going on the road playing a Power Five school. They almost pulled it off. No doubt, easily could have won. But I'm looking at their games the last six ish weeks. They beat a really good Coastal team whenever it was healthy, including Matt McCall, their quarterback. They beat them at home 30-27. That's the marquee win on the resume. But they played other teams in the conference, and we see this a lot, especially even in college basketball, where teams that are more ta- – the top teams in the conference, they lose or they struggle against lower teams in the conference. What has App State done? They have blown out every single one in the last couple of weeks. UL Monroe, who covers against every spread, not against App State – Arkansas State murdered, South Alabama murdered, Troy murdered, Georgia Southern murdered. Also, last three weeks, another stat for you, Mike. They've given up a combined 17 points in the last three weeks. That's incredible. Seven, seven, and three. Wow. So that's why I really like App State. Louisiana, on the other hand, they've had a lot of close wins. They have not really been dominant, even though they are 11-1. A lot of those teams that you mentioned, Adam, that App State blew out. Louisiana had uh, single-digit victories over these teams and yeah that 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 really uh might tell the story of this game right here is just look back at some of these schedules app state has looked like the better team down uh in recent weeks no doubt do you you pick an app state as well or are you gonna go louisiana i you yeah there's some interesting storylines <laughs> in this game this is obviously billy napier's last game mm-hmm. with the raging cajuns there's gonna be a lot of emotions 
And I don't think Louisiana fans are going to be, I don't think any of them are mad that Billy Napier is leaving per se. I think they absolutely understand that they have an absolutely incredible coach and he's going to go take a, a bigger and better job yeah. on at Florida. And I think Billy Napier is not at all thinking about his, his Florida move. I think all his mindset, the team's mindset is still on this game. So I'll, I think Louisiana is still going to be ready to play. I'm not going to pick them to win, though. I'm going to pick App State to still win. I think it is going to be a very close game. I just like how App State has been playing in recent weeks. But that's not to say that I don't think this is going to be a dogfight for both these teams. This is going to be a very fun game to watch. Two very good teams that have been very hot all year long. I can't wait to watch this. And I honestly do hope I'm – going, I'm going to pick App State to win, but I do hope that Louisiana does win. I love Billy Napier, yeah. and I love the Raging Cajun fan base. Yeah. But give me App State. <laughs> Both these fan bases honestly really underappreciated in college football. They yeah. travel with their team yeah. wherever they play. Also, at home games, they sell out, mm-hmm. even in the small stadiums that they have, especially out of state. Billy Napier, as you said, Mike, he's built a really, really impressive resume mm-hmm. and legacy at UL Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. If he could come out and win another Sun Belt title with a bowl game win mm-hmm. in the coming weeks, be pretty special going into his next job at Florida. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Florida. So we'll see, obviously, as an App State fan, have to root for the boys, the Mountaineers, 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon on ESPN. Before we get to the next game, which is Lake and Pitt, lastly, Mike, I just want to say the window in the afternoon of college football, you have not one, not two, not three, but you have four games, four championships, basically that start within the hour of each other. Two, you get going with my boys in the Essex. Uh-huh. 2.30, you get going with another one of my boys in App State. <laughs> and then three, you have two CFP games on the line with Georgia Bama and Houston Cincinnati. I mean, I am, I am overwhelmed. I am, I have not slept the last couple of days <laughs> just thinking about this. And I've done more homework than I've ever done in my life just thinking if I get this done. I can watch these games wow. on Saturday. And here we are. Anyway, Mike, last or second to last game, because it's such a horrible game, we're just going to pick and we're not even going to preview it. These teams don't deserve it. We have a COVID makeup game in the Pac-12, USC and Cal. Both teams four and seven. I don't know why they're playing on championship <laughs> Saturday. They should not. They should be relegated. They should play on Sunday like we saw last year. Cal, USC, both four and seven. USC obviously getting Lincoln Riley, but he's not going to be the coach on Saturday. I like Cal. Who do you like? Is that the case? Lincoln Riley's not coaching. This yeah, time. he's not okay. coaching. Yeah. That would be something. <laughs> yeah. If Lincoln Riley was coaching a game that just had absolutely <laughs> yeah. like no consequences, that 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 would be something. Yeah, I don't really want to talk much about this game. It is at ten. It's a late game, man. Yeah, if you're um, <laughs> you know hungover, or tired, and you just love college football so much, which I could be inclined to yeah. at ten p.m. after all the championships are over. Watch a little USC Cal. <laughs> might as well. Something, something crazy going yeah. on this game. Might, might as well throw, throw it on for, for the heck of it. Um, give me Cal. They're favored. They'll, they'll win. USC, welcome Lincoln Riley. You guys are going to be a winning program in very soon years to come. Yeah. Okay. Last game that we're going to pick, we have to touch on the ACC. Usually, if we're doing a podcast about college football in years past, we would have previewed this game. But we don't have any CFP contenders. Sorry, Clemson. Thanks for coming to the party. You didn't make it. If you told me this scenario in early September 
late August that Pittsburgh and Wake Forest would represent the ACC in the championship. I'd be, are you smoking crack? I would laugh in your face. Yeah, I would laugh in your face, and here we are. Pittsburgh and Wake, both 10-2, and two, both exceptional offenses mm-hmm. with incredible quarterbacks as well. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett for the Pittsburgh Panthers, and then you have Sam Hartman for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. This is a three-and-a-half-point spread. It's jumped and gone down a little bit from two-and-a-half to three to three-and-a-half, hovered around there. Pittsburgh is the favorite in this game. This game, the ACC championship being played in Charlotte, North Carolina. So Wake Forest will have a tiny bit of an edge. They're closer to the home stadium here than Pittsburgh is, obviously. Mike, who's going to score more? Because this game's going to have a ton of offense. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but who do you like? Yeah, this is going to be such a fun game. I mean, and a lot a lot is on the line. I'll touch on that in a second. Yeah, New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's so great that Clemson is not playing an AC title. In an awful year for this entire conference in general, somehow Clemson still did not make the ACC title yeah. game. We got Wake and Pitt for it. Wake, Wake and Pittsburgh, two teams I've loved all year, two incredible offenses that do not play much defense. And that, that has just spelled absolute chaos in the ACC that has led to this matchup that I cannot wait for. Two incredible quarterbacks, as we already said, Kenny Pickett, uh, Sam Hartman. And what's on the line for Pittsburgh is a scenario, while it'd be a very small scenario, where Kenny Pickett, if a lot of things right. happen, there is a scenario where Kenny Pickett emerges out of this week as the Heisman favorite. I would have a lot more confidence in that happening had this game have playoff implications, but it does not. But if Kenny Pickett still has a fantastic game, I think you're going to see him in New York as one of the Heisman finalists. So that would be fantastic for the Pittsburgh Panthers if that happens. And I'm going to pick, still pick him to win. This game is kind of a coin flip for me. This is going to be touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns left and right. I've loved watching Wake Forest all season long. They've been one of my favorite teams to watch because of, how just many bomb after bomb, massive plays they get, and they all go for touchdowns. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen in this game as well. Both these teams are going to be having a hard time stopping these offenses, and you're going to see a lot, a lot of points. So I cannot wait for this late matchup on ABC. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Even though the playoff picture will be set when this game kicks off, it's still going to be a lot of fun. Still a lot on the line, as Mike just mentioned, and – when you're playing for a New Year's Six Bowl, these bowls matter. Mm-hmm. The New Year's Six do. Yeah, Obviously, right. some other bowls, you could argue that they don't. But this matters. Whoever wins will be playing on either New Year's, New Year's Eve, you know, so, well, around those days and time. Mm-hmm. But I think the ACC, with the down year that they've had, disappointment, having these two, you know, kind of underdog story teams play each other in what should be a really fun and compelling game is going to be awesome. And good for the ACC on the ABC. And they get their own time slot as well for this mm-hmm. game. No other college football game will be going on when this game kicks off, except Michigan and Iowa. So I guess the playoff picture is not totally set, but assuming we get all the favorites to win and Michigan holds out and wins, it's basically all said and done. So with that, Mike, we've touched on a lot. It's been a long show, and I've loved every second mm-hmm. of it. One upset pick i know we've kind of picked the games and we talked about who we're going to win but if you had to pick one upset this week on championship sunday or saturday excuse me who is it going to be and it has to be this is a caveat has to be 
mattering for the CFP picture. Has to matter for the CFP picture. Well, yeah. I mean, that's tough. Adam. Yeah. I mean, I've already said that. I mean, I've already picked the teams that I've said. I know. If, if one if, had to lose, who would you pick? If one had to lose, I think it would be Oklahoma State. I, I already have Baylor plus the points in this game, so I do have confidence them in, in them keeping this a very close game. I still picked OK State to win, but if I'm going to pick an underdog, I'm going to pick Baylor because I do think this game is going to come down the stretch. This is going to be a, a three-point game either way, I think. And I would not be shocked at all if Baylor comes out on top. Okay, I like the pick. Mine's going to be Alabama against Georgia. I was teetering on Cincinnati and Houston, but I love the Bearcats, and I really hope they pull it off, so I'm not going to pick against them. Give me Alabama beating Georgia. At the same time, though, I really pray that my prediction, not really a prediction because I did say Georgia will win, but my possible upset pick will be wrong. Mm -hmm. We will see. Any last thoughts? Any, what are you, what's the number one thing you're looking forward to tomorrow on Championship Saturday? Number one thing I'm looking forward to is the guaranteed scenario where Alabama gets left out of the playoff. I really hope that, and it's probably not going to happen because chaos has happened every week this year. It's probably not going to be clean, picture perfect that all the meaningful favorites do win tomorrow, but I really hope they do because that playoff picture with Georgia and Michigan. Cincinnati, Oklahoma State would be so, so awesome. So that's what I'm looking forward to most. I'm looking forward to this SC championship and potentially seeing Alabama get knocked out. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to say really is, is I agree with you. That is what I'm looking forward to. And I would do anything to make sure Alabama's not in this playoff. But as we talked about, and as you just mentioned, between Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State, those four teams, I have this feeling that one of the four will lose tomorrow. Mm. One of the four, exactly on the head. Not two, not three, not four, not zero. It will be one, and Alabama will find its way mm. into the playoff, even if they somehow lost. Mm. But that would probably, I mean, they need help, obviously. But I think as we've seen this season, Mike, and you talked about it, chaos every single every week. week. There's yeah. been an upset that mattered every single week. Like, why why think differently yeah, going in the championship? There's no way tomorrow is going to be as perfect yeah. as it as it could be. There, there's there's going there's going to be upsets. There's been upsets every week. There's not as many games this week. Yeah, but chaos is still going to happen. Yes, yeah. and if you want chaos, you probably will get some chaos in these mid major group of five championship. Going to be tons of craziness, plays, turnovers. So it makes these championship and lower conferences more fun. Mm-hmm. We will see. We'll break it all down next week. Mike, when we come back next week, we're going to have a playoff bracket. We're going to have all the bowls, all the incredible – there's so many bowls that we're going to talk about. It's going to be a very fun show. Oh, it is. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Me too, Adam. We've had had a good show today, and I cannot wait for our next one to talk about the playoff as we will know who's actually going to be playing uh, in January. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Why Not Us College Football Podcast. For myself, Adam Glick, for Mike Gresser, I want to thank everybody. And if you're a college football diehard like we are, this is what you live for mm-hmm. in, in August or in the offseason when you're just waiting like championship weekend. Mm-hmm. Can we just get there? Guys and girls, we're here. Oh, yeah. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the football. And maybe enjoy the madness. We will see you next week. We will have a bracket to break down. Thank you so much for joining us.
on the Why Not Us College Football Podcast.